You're listening to the Eat Scripture Podcast with Eric and Gina Robinson. We are in 2 Kings, and we just finished up chapter 2, verses, uh, let's see, we went through verse 14. And just to wrap that up just a little bit, we saw Elijah and Elisha making this little um, circuit through these important places uh, in Israel's history. Religious history, especially, And then crossing the Jordan on dry water. Correct. And Elijah being taken up. Mm-hmm. And um, then Elisha taking his cloak. That's right. And then going back across the Jordan back into Israel. Yes. So um, I think we wanted to talk about that cloak just a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it's important for us to see that Elisha is tearing his clothes right there in verse 12. At the end of verse 12, he's tearing his old clothes, doesn't want them anymore, doesn't need them anymore. What he wants on him now is this cloak of Elijah, which is in verse 13. He puts it on himself, then he's going to stand there on the edge of the Jordan. He's going to take that cloak of Elijah that had fallen and strike the water with it and say, where's the Lord, the God of Elijah? The waters are going to part, which is going to prove to him, sure enough, he has the request that he asked for. Not that I even know if he needed proof right here. I don't know. He may feel like he's got it enough and he's fine with it. He knows this will work. But the point being here, he's taking on the proof presence of Elijah. And now, the image he, of him, he looks like right, him now. Even as he walks up from a distance, you're thinking, hey, is that Elijah coming? I thought he was gone. And then he gets there and, oh, it's Elisha. But he looks like, and here he does things, as we see him do here, that are just like his master does. Looks like, acts like his master wears the very thing that he wears and so this becomes our allusion to our new testament walk where we too are supposed to be like images of god in the same way jesus was and we take should on his likeness. taken on his likeness uh, exactly that's like what like people... galatians 2 20 that talk about those very things mm-hmm. we are to bear his image so yep. um i think that's really cool because i do see this as Jesus yes. sending out his disciples, his yes. people. We, we are part of that. Without question, to I represent think. Him. And as long as we're saying that, we'll go ahead and say, too, what I really have come to believe typologically is that the whole Elijah and Elisha narrative is a story of Jesus's ministry, first leading up to his death and resurrection and ascension, which is what we just are seeing just right here in chapter 2. And then followed by the falling of the Spirit on the church. And so there's now a Holy Spirit-empowered church that will go and do the same things that he did, only greater, is what we're going to see in Elisha. And so that's why all of, that's why so many of his miracles look the same, as, as, or at least have very much a flavor of the same thing. Which we'll talk about those as we go through. But then you see even greater, even more uh, happening through Elisha. Because he represents the Holy Spirit-empowered church that goes on with Jesus' power on them. So that's what we're seeing here, is now okay. they have the power on them. That was a quick recap. Yes. but um, And in just a further explanation, uh, further explanation, explanation a little yeah. bit. So I think now it would be good if you started with verse 15 through 18. 
Okay. And, uh, and then we'll talk about the very tip end of this story. Right okay. Now. Now, when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And they said to him, Behold now, there are, uh, there are with your servants fifty strong men. Please let them go and seek your master. It may be that the spirit of the Lord has caught him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, You shall not send. But when they urged, then they urged him till he was ashamed. He said, Send. They sent therefore fifty men, and for three days they sought him, but did not find him. And they came back to him while he was staying at Jericho, and he said to them, Did I not say to you, Do not go? <laughs> yeah, the, that last verse is kind of like saying, I told you so. Very right. much how it sounds. And I think that's really kind of what's meant. I think that's right. kind of like, I, I told you this is how it worked out. You just, you just um, but so uh, I guess these are the same fifty men uh-huh. who were standing there watching. Right. And they see Elisha coming back by himself mm-hmm. and parting the water. And parting the water. And, and they're all very excited about it. Oh, look! He has the spirit of Elijah on him. Um, that's they amazing. Think, uh, maybe, maybe he's not dead. Maybe God just put him on a mountain somewhere. Right. Took him up in that whirlwind and then deposited him somewhere in the area. You know. So we'll go find him for you. Right. Exactly. So, but he's like, hey, don't go, don't go. That's not what happened. Uh-huh. But they're just pressing, pressing, pressing. So it says finally, like it, like you read while ago, verse 17 in the ESV, but when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said sin. So he's like, oh my word, they're going to keep pressing me until I look like I don't care about Elijah if I don't let him go. So he's like, okay, just, yeah, go find him. I mean, that's, but. Then they go out and they can't find it. And they look for for how long? Three days. That's the interesting thing right there. There's our big major clue. Three days uh, and there's no sign of his body. A three-day search for a body that winds up producing nothing. A three-day search for a body that winds up producing nothing is key, key, key to understanding this text. Just like you and I were just saying, this whole thing, if the Elijah and Elisha cycle is really pointing us to Jesus's ministry, ending with his death, resurrection, and ascension, um, and then followed by the ministry of Jesus through his spirit in his spirit-empowered church, which is what we're going to see in Elisha. Then we have this sitting in the middle where we have a three-day period where no bodies being found. Right. And, um, and that just clearly, clearly points us to what's happening in the tomb discover Jesus not there and so then they're all desperately searching for his body where's Jesus gone where's Jesus gone where, you know please tell me where you've laid the body um, there's no body to be found here now this also like you were saying in our last podcast the things that point backward and forward are awesome yeah. uh, and so here we also have another pointer backward Elijah by not having his body found reminds us of another person whose body is never found in scripture and that is Moses Moses. He's up on a mountain talking to God. Yep. Deuteronomy 34, 5, and 6. Deuteronomy, uh, so the very last part of Deuteronomy talks about uh, how Moses is up on the mountain. He's been there um, talking to God, and God 
is taking him. I mean, this is his. He dies, says, full of vigor. I mean, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. he was he didn't die of old age, even though he lived to be 120. That wasn't why he died. It was because God's time for him had ended. People were going to go into the land. It wasn't his job to lead them into the land. He had already anyway. We won't get into all of that, but nevertheless, he wasn't going in. His time had ended. God was taking him, and then it says that God buries him. It's God who buried him, and that his body was never, the location that God buried him was never known or found, and so his body was never found. So we have both Moses and Elijah, the only two figures we have in the Old Testament. Well, except for Enoch. Well, yeah, correct. um, we don't know too much about that. But it yes, just we, we talk about he that walked with God and then he was not. Right, that's what we so. know. That's all we know. So yes, we could love we could love Enoch in here, which is another extremely strong Christ figure, which we don't have time to get into. Uh, so all three of these would be alluding to the same thing: the fact that Jesus, when he truly fulfills in every way all that God's Messiah is supposed to do, it will result in a body not being found at the end. Um, And that's what we have here. So beautiful. I just cannot say enough good about this. And the fact that he's trying to get them not to go, hey, don't go, don't go, you'll never find it. And sure enough, they confirm that it can't be found. Well, this is, you know, today, people still set out to find Jesus' body today. People still set out to find the bones of Jesus, prove that Jesus didn't get raised from the dead, whatever. Um, and and for whatever reason, whether they're doing it positively or negatively, they're setting out to do something that they think can be done, but there's no way to do it. You can't know. Well, we know that this is not right. going to happen. There's There are no bones out there to be found. But that's exactly what um, happened when Jesus uh, was crucified and mm-hmm. raised from the dead. There were I'm sure all you know kinds of were. hunts for yes. where they put this body. Yes, and, you know there were. Um, yeah, and by good people too, by people who believed, but mm-hmm. they just didn't want to believe he really wasn't going to be here on earth. Yeah, yep, correct. I didn't understand. And even when we see, you know, you can't. I wonder if there's even a little illusion in here too, maybe to like Matthew 28, where we see uh, him ascending in front of. Right. the 500 as it were right. and it says that he, that many of his disciples believed yet some doubted yeah and you're like wow they're actually watching him go they, up they into the right. clouds and they're still doubting that somehow this is the way it's supposed Just to go it goes to um, show that our our human our, hearts are yeah. frail man we, like yeah it does it shows something about human nature for sure we will rationalize anything yeah yeah, because um, it's pretty, pretty easy. Uh, you know, six months after you see a miracle, to rationalize it away. Well, I don't think that's really what I saw. It must have been this because that would have been too weird. So it's probably just like this. I just thought I was like seeing something, or I just, you know, yeah, you know, I wanted to believe that I that that's what was happening, but it was. Really but it was probably, probably that medicine. This. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The doctors didn't see the X-rays. Something. Yes, correct. Um, so, gotta gotta consider that. Think about that. That's a big deal. But I think this is clearly an allusion to the ascension of Jesus and the fact that the three body is missing for three days, which is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So now we're gonna launch into Elisha's post 
ascension of Elijah, post-ascension of Elijah, Elisha's ministry um, as he goes into back into Israel. Um, back into the land. Back yeah. into the land. Back into the promised right. land. That has been corrupted. Yep. So we'll start by reading verses 19 through 22. Okay. Now the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees. But the water is bad, and the land is unfruitful. He said, Bring me a new bowl, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went to the spring of water, and threw salt in it, and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. So the water has been healed to this day, according to the word that Elisha spoke. This is really, really good. Remember, we're starting out our our ministry of Elisha here, and this here is how he's going to start. He's in Jericho, the first places. city that, that that God took over for the Israelites as they entered the new right, and now has been rebuilt as it wasn't supposed to be. Right, um, but instead of coming in with like fire and brimstone and pronouncing that everything's going to collapse, Elisha. Elisha comes in. I'm going to say that a thousand Elisha. times very, very clearly because, yeah, I'm going to get it wrong plenty. Elisha comes in with grace yes. and healing yes. by God's power. Um, and so, so it's a ple- look how city, look how pleasant the city is. Literally, Jericho means city of palms. Uh-huh. It's the city of palm trees. It's this wonderful place. Look, mm-hmm. what, a, what a great place mm-hmm. we have here. Here in the middle of the desert, this wonderful place with all these palm trees. And um, and so it's a great place. However, <laughs> you've got all this nasty water. I mean, it's bad, Which is probably water. because they weren't supposed to rebuild it. Yes, I think it is. I think this is an illusion. A spiritual problem is what they have. And God is manifesting that in this bad water. But again, we remember another, like you did whenever we first read this, remember immediately a hyperlink to another story with bad water. Right. So, I mean, they've come out of Egypt Egypt. and they come to this, they don't, the water is bitter. They don't have water and then they're so glad to get to water, but then it turns out, yeah, it's it's too bitter to drink. Exactly. This is at the end of Exodus chapter 15 so sure enough Moses though steps forward puts this stick in the water and the water is made drinkable um, potable if you want to call it that and so here it is Elisha at work and he's going to do something very similar to what Moses did so just like Elijah we saw a few times was very much kind of a Moses figure walking in Moses' stead. Now Elisha, too, just like his master, has kind of that Moses-like quality and is walking in Moses' stead. Also in Exodus 23, 25, and 26, mm-hmm. uh, it it's says... very interesting because this is going to go with, before you read it, this is going to go with the pronouncement that he makes after throwing the salt in where he says in verse 21, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. Right. So this this is interesting, like you're saying, another tie-in. Go ahead with your Exodus. You said Exodus. Exodus 23, 25, and 26. 
You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from among you. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. That is literally from a context in chapter 23, where it's talking about them entering this new land that God is giving them. Entering right. the land of Canaan. So here he is in Jericho saying, Jericho coming making in. Making this happen. Yep. And no I, th- more death I thought it was interesting that death and then miscarriage yes. was uh, talked about here. Yes. But when it says the land is unfruitful. Yes, you were the one who tied it to that word. Right. It wasn't just. That's a word we've been hearing since Genesis chapter 1. Right. It was unfruitful even in the people. Yes. It was making the people people unfruitful. Are the people fruitful or unfruitful? Well, if they're fruitful, they're able to produce children and grow, you know, greatly populate the world around them. That's Genesis chapter 1. So here, the place is unfruitful. And then we find out there must have been some kind of tie of death and miscarriage because that's what Elijah, Elisha is healing it. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, you're like, oh, I mean, you you were so, I'm so glad you pointed that out because I think that is a clear tie-in. Oh, we're talking about much more than just There's the land being the able trees, to produce some, yeah. yes, good food, which I think it can now produce better food without question. Of course. Uh, however, the big deal is that what we're seeing is a spiritual transformation is taking place of the land. Healing. So, yes. And I, I love that it talks about the healing of the water. Mm-hmm. It's that even nature is sick and can be healed. Yes. And that's what's happening here. Our sin causes even nature to be sick. Yes. And so I really love that. Mm-hmm. And then the healing through what? The salt? He throws salt in it? Salt. Why salt? It's not like salt has a lot of reference in the Old Testament. We do find out that um, sacrifices are salted. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think for the same reason we're about to bring up right here, all of it, this, that, it's not like salt has a lot of allusions in the Old Testament, very few. We're just bringing up a couple uh, that, are, that happen right. to be there, uh, very few references. Um, but the allusions there are, are pushing us forward to a New Testament ideal. Just like we've already said, here we have an allusion to salt. Well, we're in Elisha's ministry. This is the Holy Spirit-empowered church at work right. in the world. A new bowl. And a new bowl, yeah. Not just Which any I bowl, feel like right? that's yeah. kind of like the new wineskin. Uh-huh. You know. I think that you could, yeah, you could definitely be onto something, I think. Um, and so, bring me a new bowl, not just any bowl. Uh, and so he gets a new bowl it has salt in it and then Elisha puts that salt in the water and that salt is what transforms the water makes it potable not just potable but turns everything fruitful it's good so this takes us forward to Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 where it's the people of God that are called salt you guys are salt in Mark chapter 9 verse 50 Jesus says have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another you are the salt of the earth yep exactly so they're they're out leavening or salting the world Um, and so that so what a beautiful passage here if we look at it this way that um, death unfruitfulness mm-hmm. in all ways yep. is happening in our world because of sin yep. that God has sent us out as salt to mm-hmm. heal. Correct. 
and to um, be a, an agent of life. That's right, an agent of life in the world. I think that's exactly where we're going here. And I really, really have not looked at it that way before, but this is very cool. Yeah, very. Okay, we have one more little story to go before we close today, and it's a big one, so it's a weird one. Uh, So this leaves people scratching their heads all the time. Especially um, objectable if you don't have much hair. (laughs) Yeah, I hate this this story. Um, Okay, (laughs) no. Uh, Verse 23 through 25. Just three verses, but let's read them because they're packed. He went up from there to Bethel, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head! Go up, you bald head! And he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore forty-two of the boys. From there, he went on to Mount Carmel, and from there, he returned to Samaria. Well, that's all there is to the story. Um, and he seems to be going back the way they came, at least up until Bethel. Yes. So um, he's going like, yes, you're saying that exactly right. Yeah, he's gone across. He's gone to Jericho. Then he's going to go to Bethel. Then we're going to find out in verse 25, he's going to go on to Carmel. And then to Samaria, all places where Elijah had did his specific, work. Yes. Yeah, had specific tasks to do. Um, so here we here, when we go to Bethel, we have to remember for sure Bethel is, like we've said before, a place that has been terribly tainted by foreign god worship. By not foreign god worship so much, although I'm sure that too, but idolatrous yes. worship. Yes. Idolatry, they still call it Yahweh, but this is the place where Jeroboam set up his golden calf. Yes, there is a golden said, calf here. That's right, at Bethel. And so that's what it's known for. We must keep that in mind. Elijah, so Elijah, Elisha has just cleansed the water at Jericho, made Jericho a better place mm-hmm. to be, brought right. in grace, brought healed. in hope, healed the city. Even though it, it was never supposed to be. That's rebuilt. right. Even though God said, don't ever do His it. His mercy and grace is just deep abundant. and wide. Yes. And, um, uh, so here, though, we're going to you know, not so much a grace-filled story, but we go to Bethel. Bethel, a place, the center of idolatrous worship, calling a golden calf, Yahweh of all things. We know how bad that is from Exodus chapter 32. They go, uh, he goes to that city, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city, out of uh, Bethel, and jeered at him, saying, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. Now, probably what's happening, these, first of all, this small boy word in Hebrew could either be young man, it could also be subordinate. Um, and I think... So it doesn't have to be like five doesn't have to be a, t- yes, doesn't okay. have to be a young child. Because I think that's where we get caught up sometimes. Why? Yep, that is where some people get caught up. Exactly. I don't think they were that young. Do I think they were young men? Yes, I do. I definitely think they were young men. No question. Um, But they're young men, I think, more than likely, because we're at Bethel and because they're mad at Elisha. That's what they're jeering at Elisha. They are uh, associated with the foreign god. uh, 
stop saying for God, the idolatrous worship at Bethel. They're associated with that. They're in training to be priests. Remember, anybody in the north who wants to be a priest can be a priest. That's right. Uh, because that's what uh, Jeroboam said. Mm-hmm. So he's so these are a bunch of young men who are being trained to be priests at this idolatrous worship site in Bethel. They see Elisha coming. They know Elisha is associated with Elijah. Well, he's got on his cloak, too. Yep, he's wearing his cloak. Exactly. And word's already got around that that Elijah is gone. He was taken up somehow. Right. Weird occurrence. But now nobody's seen him since. He's gone. So he went up, and he's gone. And they are, are now just looking at Elisha and saying, Hey, why don't you go up, too? Get out of our air, so to speak. <laughs> um, but get get out of here. Go Leave away. us alone. Yeah. Go away. Go up, bald head. Go up. Now they're calling him bald head, very likely because he shaved his head because he's in grief over the fact that he's no longer got his master at his side. Right. He's still in his period thing, of mourning. Right. Yes, not having his master with him. But it's not impossible too that Elijah, who was his head who was over him uh is and who was known for being hairy because he was he wore this hairy cloak around so he was in a sense elisha's hairy head and he has been (laughs) taken up and so now now you're bald now he's exposed elisha yes you're exposed you're bald hey baldy go uh you go up too you go up too this it's so rude Yes, so rude. This should never be done. Here's this plain and simple scriptural evidence for why you never jeer at a bald person, <laughs> a bald man, um, and old woman, anybody. Uh, and it says, he turned around, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. It just says it that simple. It's just one sentence. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. Yep, yep. Now, the only good way to make sense of this is to go to Leviticus 26, 22. We're going to go to Leviticus 26 for a second because this is when God is saying what will happen to his people if they don't stay close to him when they get into the new land. I'm going to start with 21. Okay. Uh, Then if you walk contrary to me and will not listen to me, I will continue striking you sevenfold for your sins. And I will let loose the wild beasts against you, which shall bereave you of your children and destroy your livestock and make you few in number so that your roads shall be deserted. Wow, that's exactly what God promised. This is exactly what God promised. If you don't stay true to me when you get into yes. the new land, Walk I will, to me. Yes. that's right. I will let loose the wild beasts and they will bereave you of your children. That's what's happening here. The young boys who they've allowed to be part of, who their parents have no doubt encouraged to be part of it because this is a way to make a living. And, you know, who knows? Part of the occult. Um, Part of the the cult that has been set up in North Israel. Um, And these boys now are ingrained in it and they are jeering at God's true prophet and they feel wanting like, him I gone. think they feel emboldened because they, Elijah is up with them. Exactly. The one who makes fire come down from heaven on his enemies isn't here anymore. He's gone up. So now they just they they just looking at light. Elisha hasn't done anything powerful like that. Hasn't come against his enemies with power like that. So they don't know anything like that. So they're just like jeering at him, go away, go away, bald head. 
but here he turns around, curses them. As soon as he does, the wild beasts come out of the woods to she bears and just maul 42, 42 right, uh, young men. You asked and, me why 42, and it took me a little bit of thinking, but, but not like too much. you said, it's seven times six. Yeah. And so it just indicates that because we want a seven times seven. Yeah, we, we would love, complete. yes, our that hearts love for a seven times seven. That would be truly complete. But truly complete. Uh, because there's 42, yeah, kind of tells us that all of the iniquity was not taken care of That's in right. Bethel. That's right. That's what I think. Bethel's still going to, because of Bethel and because of the idolatry in Bethel, we're still going to make our way up to chapter 17 where the northern kingdom will fall. The northern kingdom is going to fall in chapter 17 to Assyria, and it's really going to be based around this. Right. This is where this is where we're hit, and it's this kind of idolatrous worship that never truly gets eradicated from Israel. Because they're holding on to and, it. They yeah, have a chance. They are, yes, they, they have will, a chance. They are walking contrary to his ways. Yeah. So. Yeah, but that's the that's I think what's going on there. This passage shouldn't be quite as confusing, hopefully, um, because we can see. Oh yeah, this is just something we're just seeing God live up to the promises that He made. I mean, they clearly stated this is what's going to happen if you don't stay close to Me. So, so this isn't a passage out of left field. It didn't like we're like, oh, what do I do with that? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. There are people who have. Unfortunately, this becomes part of the block of passages that some people use to walk away uh, from God's Word and not care about, I mean, just because of weird things like this that they call unexplainable. This is hardly unexplainable. This is very explainable, what's going on here. So, so good for us to remember. So, Um, then he just goes on from there to Mount Carmel. Yeah. And from there, he returned to Samaria. Like we said, these are places where Elijah did great works. Yes. And, uh, and... And God's spirit Humbled empowered. the en- enemy. And yes. So. And if we take it Christologically, God's spirit-empowered church is about the same work that Christ was about. We are, we are Christ-empowered. We are Jesus in the flesh. We're doing the same things, going to the same places, extending grace um, and, and, healing. And, and healing. And God's also protecting us. God's also got his hand over here in this passage. Right. God has his hand of protection on his people. Right. Um, and that's... I think all part and parcel of what we're seeing as we watch this Elisha ministry continue. Mm-hmm. All right. That was great. Yeah. Wonderful okay. stuff. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you guys. Well, we'll yeah. Talk. It'll be probably Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> keep it. Yeah. Keep your eyes open for the next one, but we're glad to yeah. talk to you and glad you tuned in. Just subscribe yeah. to the, um, Podcast, podcast and that way you'll get a notice every time that's right and there's yep, a new one. just get a subscription on there please that'll help out too helps us out thank you we are glad to talk to you guys and we will talk to you again next week mm-hmm.